0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining with us again. Two weeks ago, we began this series, Going Fishing, Lessons from the Fishing Hole. And two weeks ago, we looked at the importance of going and being fishers of men and how we need to follow the example of Jesus Christ. And we looked at what did Jesus do? Well, the first thing he did is he went to them. He was willing to leave his comfort zone and go to the people. And then he was willing to invest in them. He was willing to take time and spend with them, and he spent years with his disciples. And lastly, he saw the best in them. He loved them so much that he didn't see just a group of sinners, and he loves us so much that he doesn't see just a bunch of sinners. He sees our potential, and that's why he went to the cross, because he knew who we could be, and he wanted us to bring, and wanted to bring us back to the Father. And so that's what we talked about the first week. And then last week, we examined how life can be exhausting and and how we stay in this constant state of busyness. And then we come to church, and the preacher says that we need to do more work. And it's not me saying it's the Bible, right? The Bible says we have to go out and be fishers of men. we got to do this work for Christ. But when we do this work, we become weary, and we become burdened down sometimes because we allow life just to wear us out. But it's through Jesus Christ that we can find rest for our souls and find peace even in the midst of all of this work. And so to sum up the last two weeks, we have been called to do the work of our Lord. He has called us to join in on his mission. And when the times come that we become weary and burdened, we can find our rest in Christ. He's never going to call us to do something and then abandon us and leave us weary and burdened. When we are in the center of his will and working to accomplish what he's called us to do, he is going to take care of us. But it seems as though when push comes to shove, when things begin to get tough, we have a tendency, and maybe not everyone's guilty of this, but I know that I am, we have a tendency to fall back into the old way of doing things. When things get a little rough, when they get tough, and and when things begin to get uncomfortable, what we like to do is we fall back and we lean on what is comfortable, We lean on how things used to be and what, which is what we think, what makes life easy. When things get rough, we always fall back to what is easy. Uh, When I began bass fishing, um, I was doing everything I could to figure it out, how to catch fish. Well, I had a friend tell me, and, and he taught me how to use a Texas rig. Now, a Texas rig with a black rubber worm is what I found to be very easy to use, but is a very successful bait and rig. And while I was using this Texas rig and bouncing this worm off the bottom of, of, of the pond or lake or wherever I was fishing, I would catch a lot of bass. But unfortunately, fish don't always hit the same bass. And so that's why fishermen typically have so many different lures, right? We carry around these big old tackle boxes with all kinds of different stuff. Um, I know that I have used crankbaits, spinner baits, drop shot baits. Um, I've used topwater baits, buzz baits, rattle traps, and a whole slew of other <laughs> different things. But when those don't catch any fish, I always turn back to my trusty old Texas rig with a black rubber worm. That's my go-to bait. I always go to that when nothing else is working. Well, one day, I was out fishing with my father-in-law, Brian, and I was using everything that I had brought. I mean, I was just going through the fishing lures and different stuff, and I couldn't pay these fish to bite my line. I mean, nothing I was using was working. He was reeling in fish. I wasn't. And I was getting very frustrated and annoyed. So what did I do? Well, I turned back to my favorite bait, and I began fishing it, and still, even with the Texas rig black rubber worm, I still, I fished, and I fished, and I fished, and I fished with no results, and I just was spending hours doing this, and I just could not figure out why am I not getting any results? Well, finally, Brian asked me, he said, what are you using? And I showed him, and he laughed at me, and he tossed me his favorite bait. And it's what we call the bitsy bug, right? It's a jig bait, and he absolutely loves this bait because it's successful, it works. Well, I was annoyed and I was frustrated, right? Because I I wasn't catching anything, and I just thought to myself, I said, this is not going to work, nothing else has, not even my favorite bait, this isn't going to work. Well, I said, you know what, my father-in-law knows what he's doing, so I'm going to try this. Well, guess what? That bitsy bug, it resulted in a fish. Because I was willing to try something new, I was able to catch some fish that day. Turns out the Bitsy Bug is actually amazing. I still use it today. I love that bait. It's one of my favorite ones. But I had to work through my frustration. I had to stop returning to the old way of doing things, and I had to lean on the advice of my father-in-law, and it produced a great result. And I now have a whole section in my tackle box specifically for Bitsy Bugs and other jigs. But in the midst of defeat, in the midst of frustration, I had to be willing to step outside of my comfort zone in order to find results. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 21. John chapter 21, here in these very first few verses, we see the disciples. They're out on a fishing trip, which if we read this chapter by itself, it wouldn't seem like a big deal, right? I mean, they're just out fishing. That's what they have always done. Um, They used to be fishermen. However, this fishing trip, it wasn't as normal as one would think. The setting of this story is on the Sea of Galilee, and this location has led to the disciples coming under, under suspicion. They, people have questioned why they were out there. Um, why were they back in their old fishing grounds? Why were they going to their old, old business and their old ways of doing things, especially since Jesus Christ had just died and risen and sent them on a new task, right? Beginning in Jerusalem. Why did they ignore Jesus and go back to their old way of doing things Instead of going out on this new mission, why did they return to fishing? To to us, right, oh, it's just a fishing trip. But in reality, Jesus had just sent them on a new task, yet here they are going out on this fishing trip, returning to the old way of doing things. Now, I was reading it, and one person said that in their defense, what they had just gone through was traumatic. I mean, it is, right? The writer said, it has, always, it has also to be said that in terms of their psychological and emotional well-being, a fishing expedition back in the old familiar settings of the Sea of Galilee was therapeutically ideal, right? For anyone who goes fishing, you know this to be true. I mean, can we blame them? Jesus had just died. He was resurrected. And in the last few days had been an emotional roller coaster. So why not take a break and go fishing? But this... This overnight fishing trip, they had caught nothing, okay? So, so regardless as to why they were out there, maybe they just wanted to go back to the old ways to get some, some therapy, or maybe they were trying to avoid this new task that Jesus sent them on, regardless, they're out there fishing, okay? And so this overnight fishing trip, they had caught nothing. They spent all night fishing with no results. And let me tell you, if, if you're a fisherman, you know what I'm saying here. When you don't catch anything like this, it is beyond frustrating, I mean, when I go out all night and I catfish and I don't catch anything, it annoys me to my core. I, I, I just can't stand it. I want to catch something. But then in this story, this man appears and, and, and asks if they've caught anything. And they reply, no, we haven't caught anything. But the man says, go ahead, try again. But this time, cast your net on the right side of the boat. Now, exper- experienced fishermen are not noted for their ready appreciation of the advice of strangers. Us fishermen, we don't want advice, okay? Especially if you're standing on the shore and you're not fishing. We don't want your advice. We don't want to be told what to do. We just want to fish the way we've always fished. But they listened to this stranger, right? And what did they do? They caught some fish. So many, it says, that they couldn't even haul in their net. Well, after this, they realized who this stranger was. Who was he? It was Jesus Christ. So what are a few things that we can learn from this story, some things that we can learn from this fishing hole? Well, let's examine this. Let's break it down, okay? Number one, the first thing you can learn from this is life isn't going to turn out the way you think it should. We all have expectations, don't we, for our own lives. We all have these amazing expectations. We have ideas of what our life should look like, how it should be, where it should be going, and what we should be doing. Um, I know when I was 18 years old, I told my dad, I said, I will never follow in your footsteps and join the ministry. I said, I'm not going to do it, period. And so when I was 18, I, I was going to college for disaster management, and I was playing basketball. I thought I was hot stuff. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> and so here I am uh, 11 years later, and, and I'm, I'm happier than I could ever be. I, I, I mean that with all sincerity. I mean, my life turned out better than I ever expected. But the reality is, life isn't going to go the way you think it should, but that doesn't mean it's going to be bad. You see, the disciples left everything they knew to follow Jesus. He was their guide, their rabbi, their teacher, their everything. They left the business of fishing to follow him, and now he wasn't there. Things didn't go the way that they thought it should, and now here they are out fishing, And things are still not going the way that they think they should. They aren't catching any fish. A hard pill to swallow, a hard dose of reality to grasp, is the fact that life does not always turn out the way that we think it should. That's a very hard truth that I have to share with you today. Life isn't going to turn out the way you think it should. But, and please hear me when I say this, you can't give up. You can't give up. Sure, you didn't get that job. Sure, you didn't get that promotion. You didn't get the pay raise. You didn't get that house. You didn't get the degree. You weren't able to reach that family or or friend for Christ. You didn't get the, the life that you expected. I understand that. But the thing is, you can't give up. Things may not have turned out like you think they should, but you can't quit. When things don't go the way we think they should, you have two options at this point. Number one you can blame God and go back to the old way of doing things. Or number two, you can trust in him and keep moving forward. You can either give up and say, I'm just going to keep doing it the way I've always done it. Or you can throw your net on the right side of the boat and then you will find some. I mean, they had been fishing all night. They knew these waters. This is the Sea of Galilee. This is their old stomping grounds. They have caught countless fish here, but now... They have to choose. Do they quit because they've been unsuccessful, or do they listen to the Lord and try one more time? Listen, friends and family, I I don't know what you're going through. I don't know. Are you working with a stubborn sinner who just won't accept Christ? Are you working your hands to the bone and you keep getting passed up for promotions? Are you on your knees every single night praying for your lost child, Are you doing everything you can, but you still seem to fall short on your bills? I need you to hear me. Please do not stop. Do not give up. God is working in your life right now. And you may be thinking, preacher, I don't see it. I I can't feel it. What God told Habakkuk in in chapter 1 verse 5 is he said, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to be doing something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. God doesn't always tell us his plans. He's working even when we don't see it. And it may not turn out like we think, but we can't give up. We have to understand and know that God has a plan and he is working. So instead of giving up and turning back to the old ways, maybe we should try something. And I'm being real serious here. I need you to try this. Try refocusing. When when you go fishing and and things don't go your way, the truth is we all end up losing focus. Um, This is especially true when you go fishing with kids. Um, When I take my daughter out fishing, it's hilarious. I absolutely love it. Taking a child fishing is so much fun because they are so easily distracted from the point. <laughs> when, when they aren't catching fish, they end up going and playing in the water. They throw rocks in the water. They, if, if your children are like my daughter, they end up chasing the geese, um, and then they beg to go home. Daddy, I just want to go home, right? They have completely lost focus of why we're there. So what do we have to do? As parents, we have to bring them back to focus, and we have to help them catch some fish. Well, the same is true in our spiritual lives. When things get tough, when things do not go our way, we begin to lose focus on what Christ has called us to do. The disciples knew that God has just called them to something greater. But things went a little sideways, so they lost focus on what they do. They went fishing. Church, what we need to do is we need to refocus. We need to be willing to cast our nets on the other side of the boat. Well, how can we do that? Well, here are some ways that we can do that. And they're pretty simple. Number one is be open to new ideas. There are times that we keep using the same fishing lure. And it keeps working, right? There are times that we just keep using the Texas rig and rubber worm. That's great. But there are also times when you've got to try the new Bitsy bug. Sometimes the old ways work. But there are times when we need to stop and be open to new ideas. Secondly, we need to be open to new strategies. The old tactics have a time and place. I mean, truthfully, fishermen, we love tradition. Why do we love tradition? Because it works. But there will come a time when we need to refocus and we need to try a new strategy. The disciples were doing the same old thing with no results. But when Jesus shouted for them to try one more thing, try something new, it produced fish. We need to be open to new ideas and new strategies. And lastly, do not minimize the small things. God may be working in ways that you do not see or you do not understand. And you may be be thinking, all I can do is this or that, or I don't have a lot to contribute. But church, God can use you in ways that you never know, see, or understand. And he can use the smallest of things to bring people back to him do not minimize the small things. He told the disciples, throw your net one more time on the right side of the boat. To them, that was tedious and pointless, but God was about to do something amazing with that last cast. Do not minimize the small things. Church, listen to me. Life isn't going to go the way you think it should, but do not give up. You can't quit. You cannot give up You must be willing to refocus, try new ideas, try new strategies, and do not minimize the small things because God is working in your life right now.